0: How many of you got your Christmas tree up this weekend? Right? Yeah? We got ours up this weekend. Uh, Christmas has kind of hit us. I know last week, Sudden Valley decorated the barn for us a week early before Thanksgiving. Uh, But tis is the season, right? So how many of you had your first cup of eggnog already this year? Your first eggnog latte? First candy cane? I had my first candy cane. We went and got our Christmas tree on Friday, and I had my first candy cane. That was good. Black Friday shoppers, anybody weather the storms of Black Friday? I didn't, I didn't, but, uh, but yeah, so, okay, here's the big one, here's the big one, Uh, how many of you have already watched your first Hallmark, Hallmark, Hallmark movie, right, how many of you have been forced to watch your first Hallmark movie, exactly, right? Uh, It's funny. Uh, You know, I mean, Hallmark movies, they're so predictable, right? Right? You have the uh, big city person who's transplanted into the small town or the newcomer who partakes in the old family or old town traditions. You know, there's always some sort of conflict to overcome. The Christmas cynic is then filled with holiday spirit at some point. Usually that involves Santa, one of his helpers, or an angel, or magical moment, right? That's your uh, hallmark. Uh, the two characters that have been odds at odds most all of the movie fall in love, and they share in a blissful kiss, right? It almost always starts snowing on Christmas Day in a hallmark movie, like every time. It's like whoa, and they're like act surprised every time, right? <laughs> but when it's all said and done. Uh, They end up sticking around, everything works out, everything is resolved, everything falls in line, conflict is avoided, and they live happily ever after, right? So now I've saved all the guys in the room to not have to watch any of the Hallmark movies this year. Uh, But now if you ask me, Hallmark movies don't tip the scale towards greatness in any way. Uh, But if you were to ask Heather, she loves them. uh, And I usually can get away with only watching one or two if I'm lucky during the Christmas season. Uh, But just the other night, no joke, I didn't ask Heather permission to share this, so I'm going to get in trouble. But Heather was laying there watching her Hallmark movie, and I said, well, what are you doing? And she goes, man, I don't like this movie at all. Okay? Okay. And she hits pause on the movie. It's an hour and 20 minutes into an hour and 30 minute movie. And she's like, I don't like this movie at all. She didn't have to watch it. Nobody was twisting her arm. But yet she had endured an hour and 20 minutes of a movie she didn't even like, I think solely because it was a Hallmark movie, right? But that's just it. Like, everyone loves a great story. Now, we can all argue whether or not Hallmark movies are great stories, but everyone loves a great story in such a way that you get, in, you get engulfed and you get kind of like drawn into whatever it is that you're watching. If there's a storyline and something that you can follow, something that you can relate to, something that you wish for, everyone loves a great story. I think that's maybe why these Hallmark movies are so attractive, right? They're, I love to think of the idea that everything's going to get resolved in my life. Like, I love to hope for the best and want it to snow on Christmas, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I also know that maybe I don't have to have resolution, right? I love movies. I love great movies, uh, action and suspense, the twisty plot that doesn't solve itself. Uh, whether it's a movie or the latest TV show, there's something about a great story, even a good story that kind of grips you in and leaves you wanting more. And you can't stop. Like, if it's a movie, you can't stop watching. If it's a book, you can't put it down. If it's a storyline in a sports game, like, I mean, it makes it more attractive, right? You're into that story. So this week, we're starting this story, this series called Still True. And so we're going to be uh, leading up to Christmas. We're going to be telling stories, telling stories about Jesus, what he's done in people's lives, leading up to... The greatest story ever told, which is the story of Christmas Day, the first Christmas in Jesus' birth. And so, in with that, and that's gonna be our simple theme. Like, we're gonna be looking at stories uh, of people and individuals, and also what the Bible says this morning. We're gonna be looking at what the Bible says about sharing your story and, and God's involvement in our lives, and then leading into Christmas, we'll hear stories from a lot of different people about what God has done uh, in their lives. And I love that, uh, you know, we got the Gospels. If you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're the story of Jesus' life here on earth. So if you want to know what Jesus did while he was here, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. I often say start in John. John's an easy one uh, to read. But I love, that's where we'll kind of be today is in the book of John. But I love the way John 1.1 1, 1 starts for us. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Like, that's like a once upon a time. Like, I'm, I, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I love those intros of movies, right? Something like, the world has changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost, for none now live that remember it. What's that from? Lord of the Rings, right? So the, one of the greatest stories in cinema, right? But, uh, but that was Lord of the Rings. And that's kind of how I see John starting off, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was, or the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, the truth is the Bible cover to cover, from Genesis all the way to maps, at the end of your Bible, the entire Bible is a great story. The Bible is a great story of God. It's a great story, and it was written, uh, and is this amazing story of God. Old Testament, New Testament, all together, all the same, the story of what God is doing with his creation, with you and with me and with us together as his church. So uh, Donald Miller wrote a book. Heather read it, told me it was good, so I wanted to quote it. I actually heard him speak one time, which was amazing, but he wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz. And in that book, he gives the definition of a story, right? What's at the essence of a story? I want to tell you what that, what that is, what he says a story is. He says, a story uh, consists of a main character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Let me say that again. A story consists of a main character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Right? That fits our little hallmark box, if you want to check the hallmark box. Right? There's always conflict in there, and there's somebody that overcomes it to get the ultimate desire of living happily ever after and sharing in that kiss. right? So, uh, but, but the Bible, it, it, that is a great description, actually, of what the Bible is for each one of us. The Bible is the story of God, who is the main character And we'll get to that in a little bit. The story of God, who is the main character, who wants something so desperately, and mainly that that is to have a personal relationship with you, a personal relation, one-on-one relationship with his creation. And God wanted that so desperately that he entered into conflict with Satan. He entered into conflict by sending his son to die on the cross to rescue you. But not only you, all of humanity. And that's the conflict that he wanted to overcome. So that when you embrace Christ as our Savior, you actually become God's son. You actually become God's daughter, right? Given everlasting life so you and God can have that personal relationship. And that's the storyline. That's the storyline from Genesis all the way to the end of Revelations. That is the story that's being told uh, and, and ultimately. You know, we all know in the end we win, right? We win. So that's the happily ever after of the Bible. And God loves and desires you so much that he gave up his son and he did it so that you would have that relationship with him and become a part of his story, right? And did you catch what I said earlier that he was the main character in that story? He's the main character in the story. And I think, man, that's where it gets tough. That's where it gets tough for me. Maybe you can relate to that, but that's where it gets tough. Uh, if we go back to uh, the beginning of that, that John verse, I'll read one through five for you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been, or without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We win, right? God is the main character. It's laid out right there. It's laid out in Genesis. If we look at it, we'll look at that in a second. But it's laid out there that God is in the middle and the creator of everything. All right? God is the main character in the story. He was there in the beginning before anything else was, and he's created it all. Now, I'm not going to go into the birds and the bees of everything and how humans are created, but uh, it's, it's not random, the intricacy of a human being uh, in their birth and how we're made up. And I mean, if you've had a child, you, you, can't, you can't deny that it, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. It's actually very intricately has purpose and meaning to it. It's perfect and meaningful. Uh, and his di- design is done and cared in the way it's nurtured life. Let me all say this. God does not make mistakes. He's created you uniquely with a purpose how you are. Doesn't make mistakes. And, and the mistake that's made when we put our... The mistake that we make is when we put ourselves as the main character of the story. When we cast ourselves as the lead role and everything else around us is supporting cast, Right? You guys are my supporting cast for my life. And even God, he's a supporting cast for me to get what I want, to, uh, to my happily ever after that I want. And he's going to do that for me and take me on that journey and deliver me exactly where I want to go. And in the end, I'm going to live happily ever after. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but I know for me... Uh, When it comes to doing things on my own, like taking something up and just trudging through with it, that's where I mess up. That's where uh, I start doing things the wrong way. When I get selfish and and worry about myself, that's when I hurt the most people. That's when I cause the most harm. That's when I really accomplish the least of anything. And for me, I can, uh, even if it's the slightest shift, and that's kind of the way I thought about it this week is that, at some point when i make a decision even if it's the tiniest decision and i kind of just kind of disagree with god just in the slightest way it's it's maybe small at first but the gap gets bigger as you go down the road and all of a sudden you'll realize when you started doing something on your own and you're down the road a little ways how far apart you are from god and luckily we have holidays that center us back up Christmas and Easter and the focus that we have and we can kind of come back together or maybe we have times in our lives where something blows up or, something, or people in our lives that even speak into our lives that kind of center us back up. But what God desires for us is that we wouldn't make those choices that would separate us and we wouldn't get down the road and realize how far apart we are, that we would just be a part of his story all along the way, continuing to check, continuing to balance and continue to center our lives with him. And so for us it's realizing that God isn't part of our story but that we are part of his story. Right? It is it is in God's story which the Bible and we can even find ourselves like in the Bible we we can find ourselves in his story. Right? If we go all the way back to Genesis Genesis 127 so says so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female. He created them there we are right first was God main character and he then created us as a supporting cast his plan a well actually we were plan a and Jesus became plan b I think if you I don't know how you want to figure that out but but he created us for for him for in his image for his work right and here's what we need to know about God's creation God wants to write you into his story God wants and desires for you and knows that actually as, as part of his story, that's where your life is going to have the most impact, the most meaning, the most purpose, and where you're actually going to feel like, man, I'm a part of something that's much bigger than only me. I'm not the main character. And that's where God wants us to be uh, when it comes to him. If we look, if we go back then to John, uh, uh, it's, it, in verse 6 it says, there was a man sent from God. And so at the beginning of that verse, it doesn't say what it is, but that's, uh, it says, whose name was John, right? So that's John the Baptist who God is referring to. And, 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 and in that, I see that in that moment, John, in, you know, based on however you read the Bible, John cast apart in the story, in God's story. Like John then got a role in the story of God and it's recorded there. A man named John got written into the story of God. He landed a part in the story. And do you want to know how he got written into God's story? I mean, we've got the Bible. Maybe you've read it or not. But uh, he got written into God's story because God's mission became his mission. What God was about, John was about. And so uh, that's how he got written into God's story. And for us, church we have an opportunity for that same thing to be written into and be a part of God's story. He wants you to be written into his story. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, and he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light uh, to everyone was coming into the world. So that's referencing Jesus. But you can clearly see as part of that story that uh, John didn't claim. Now, some people said he was, but John didn't claim to be the light. He didn't claim to be Jesus. He didn't claim to be the Savior of the world. He cast a role because of his mission uh, for God, to be on God's mission. So for us, we are the same as John. We are the same as John. So it says there there was a man sent from God. That man was you. That woman, there was a woman sent from God. Remember, we looked at Genesis. We are created by God, put on this earth. So there was a man sent from God, and that was you. There was a woman sent from God, and that was you. We get to be a part of that. We're the same as John. From God you were created. Not to go out and pursue whatever it is that you desire in your life, but to serve a purpose far greater than our own. To be a part of something that transforms others' lives in this world as well. Not only your own. And we have to trust in that. Okay. So John uh, 1, 4, and 5, if we go back to the beginning, it says, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That sounds like something bigger than me, right? That I would be the light for all, that I would shine the light for all mankind because I made God's mission my mission. God wants your story to be great. That sounds great to me, that I would be a light for everybody else. My kids, my wife, you guys, my neighbor, the people I encounter. The last thing I want is for people to say something of me that would think, they would think ill of me and because of that, think ill of God, right? So I am that light for whoever it may be. And that's something that I, I, man, I want to do that. I want to be the light for other people's in their life. Anybody else? Couple? Okay. Just making sure you're tracking with me. All right. Nobody's checking Seahawks scores. Um, now, now, you probably heard the verse in the Bible that says, uh, who, who was the disciple that Jesus loved? John, right? So we're talking about John, right? So John, the Bible says that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. Do you know who wrote that? John wrote that. So, um, yes. So I get that. And I tell you what. If I, if God decided that my role or my part in the story was to write my own book in the Bible about myself, I'd look pretty good too. Uh, I would cast myself to look pretty, pretty special. Uh, okay, so uh, I get that. But um, so, so I mean, but John was the disciple, and it doesn't say that Jesus didn't love the other disciples. John, John just wanted you to know that Jesus loved him. Um, uh, but here in Matthew. Somebody else, another author, wrote this. Matthew eleven eleven. 11. Uh, Truly I tell you, among those born of woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Man. I mean, that's not John writing that. Right? That's Matthew writing that. But what a great account of John's life. Right? I would love for that to be said of my life, right? That there was no one greater than than Jason because of what he stood for. Now, I'm, I know that actually sounds the exact opposite of what I'm trying to tell you. Um, can I, let's rewind the recording. We'll cut that and then we'll move on. We'll move on from that. But I, what I want to be said of me is that that I did great things for God. John said that. John said, hey, I'm not the guy. And he pointed everybody back towards Jesus. But but what Jesus is saying in that moment is that there was, that John the Baptist lived a great life. Like Jesus penned that through Matthew, that John the Baptist lived a great life. Now, if you think about it, where you sit right now, one day... When your story is over, you will stand before God, and it says that you guys will re- recount or hold an account or give a synopsis of your life, and he will summarize your life. I, 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 you know, I'm looking forward to that moment. I want to be in that moment. I can't wait to be in heaven with God, but I'm also scared of that moment. Because I know that God and I are going to sit down and have a heart-to-heart. We're going to have a DTR, right? That's the define the relationship talk, right? And I know that there's going to be moments where God's going to say, man, you know, you fell a little short. But if I strategically, if I really look at my life, I want that. I want it to be said that I did great things for God. So for where you sit right now, we need to be aware of that and be thinking about what the summary is going to sound like of the life we lived here on earth. And how is our story going to sum up? And is our story going to be our story? Or is our story going to be a story of God? Is it going to be his story? Is what's said of us going to point people to God or think, well, man, Jesus lived, or Jason lived a great, great life for himself. Like he was the star role of his life, Right? And are people going gonna, to gonna know me? Or are they going to know God? What will we be known or not known for? Right? You guys all probably, uh, I stumbled upon my, uh, my yearbooks the other day from high school. Yeah, we still have them. Uh, and, and you guys know, I mean, you guys, you know some of the people for the name, but you also know people for what they did, right? And that even translates now, oh, that's that guy that did that thing, Right, That's the guy that, you know. And so if we think about it that way, are we going to be known for something we did for ourselves or are we going to be known for what we did for God? What God called us into. See, personally, I miss the mark if my story is about how great of a life I lived and how I planted a church and how I did this amazing stuff Because that isn't me. And I hope at no point you have heard me say that I've got it all put together. Because I don't. But God has chosen me, and I've strategically somewhere along the line, sometimes in good ways and sometimes in not so good ways, chose to put myself in God's story and allow his story to be written through my life. Be written through uh, the things that God has directed me to do. And that's what I want for all of us as well, that we would make the choices to be a part of his story, not so much focused on my story and how I'm going to make out in the end. Cause I, I, and I believe it to be true that when we put God first and we're a part of his story, that's when our life is lived at the best level is lived at the most meaningful level, with the most purpose. And we gain, we actually gain the most out of it. And I want the most out of life that I can get. So for today, that's kind of it. Uh, For today, we are setting the groundwork for us to make the choice to be a part of God's story. Okay? Now, you're not going to want to miss... Uh, the next handful of weeks leading up to Christmas and even a couple weeks after Christmas as we look at the stories of other people. You know, in 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 next week or the following week, I'm going to be sharing my story and specifically what God did uh, through me and called me to. And there's other people that are lined up to share their story as well as what God's doing in their lives. And then on Christmas, we get to hear the story of why These people and us have uh, made that choice and banked eternity on this one who is called Jesus, who lived out a life here on earth um, for each one of us, took death on the cross for each one of us so that we could have that personal relationship with God and be a part of his story and what he's writing. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. We're actually going to we're going to get out of here on time today. I said that. I said that. I think this is the first time. Like in seven and a half years, this is it. This is it. Uh, I said that going into this weekend. I said, oh man, my sermon's only four pages. And Heather said, people are going to cheer. So anyways, let's pray. Let's pray.